0: If you would take your Bibles and turn to the New Testament reading that Matt read, Acts chapter 1. He read 1 through 8. I'm just going to read 6 through 8. And if you would stand, please, in the honor of reading the Word of God, we will read it together. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, For you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Let's pray. Father, we come before you tonight, believing that you have called us, believing you have saved us, and believing that you have asked us to be drawn together, worshiping with one another, worshiping you and you alone, the triune God. We pray that as we've read from your word, you will speak to our hearts, reminding us again who we are, whose we are, and what you've called us to be about. In Jesus' name, Amen. Please be seated. Well, uh, back in August, uh, Trinity Grace, uh, Pastor Miller, and the missions committee said we're going to have a missions emphasis on October, and. Uh, so uh, they asked me if I would speak during Missions Week there in Trinity Grace. And since we're a daughter church, uh, we're also having Missions Week. And jumping on that bandwagon, Chris Taylor said, John, would you just go ahead and speak here, to, here too? And uh, the phone stopped ringing after that, though. It was just Miller and Taylor and no one else. But still, we're here because it's Missions Week. And uh, you might think, then why are you speaking to us since you're not a missionary? I'm not a missionary. Not only that, I didn't stay at a Holiday and Express either. But I'm here because the missions committee asked me to and because I do have a small connection with missions with my parents. They were missionaries to Brazil, and so I grew up in Brazil in the, where my parents served. And we lived there for 10 years. And then since then, in, in the course of 27 years of the Air Force, we had opportunities to live and serve elsewhere as well. But as far as the day-to-day work of a missionary, I didn't do that chris and mary jane do but i watched my my parents do it and so i'm here uh by virtue of that uh for the missions week if you like outlines i've broken this up into three sections mission missions and missionaries and pastor taylor was kind enough to print it in the bulletin miller didn't do that so you're you're ahead there And like i told them if you don't like outlines that's still our outline that's all i'm going to use uh i also took, uh said this morning and i'll say tonight this this is not complicated stuff uh, doesn't mean what Pastor Taylor does is complicated, but missions and missions and missionary. It's pretty, it's pretty straightforward in Scripture. It's also not going to be super long. We're not going to be here over a couple of hours uh, at the most. But mission, missions, and missionaries. God has a mission to redeem a people for himself. That's what God is all about. God has equipped the church to be about the business and the work of missions. And God has sent the church to be his missionaries. So those are our three areas. The word mission, by the way, comes from a Latin word, and it means to send or to send out. So the idea of sending and living sent and being sent runs through mission, missions, and missionaries, hence our title, living sent. So first we'll start with mission, and this really is kind of an introduction, but I still label it mission rather than introduction. And by mission, I mean the total redemptive purpose of God to establish his kingdom. Redeeming a people for himself, for his glory, and for the good of his people. That's what God is doing. Notice in the text, it says that you will be my witnesses. And if I keep doing this, these are brand new glasses. They don't work right, so I'm going to take them on and off, and I apologize for that. But you will be my witnesses. The disciples weren't sent uh, anywhere under their own authority. If they had been, this would have been over a long time ago, and we wouldn't be here tonight. But they were his witnesses witnesses. They were God's witnesses. And he said, you'll do it in Jerusalem, you'll do it in Judea, you'll do it in Samaria, and you'll eventually go to the ends of the earth. They were sent there by God under his authority to accomplish his mission. Because it's God's mission, we are correct and we're confident that it's going to be accomplished. Nothing can stop it. This week has been, if you watch the news, and I watch it less and less, much to my wife's chagrin, uh, If you watch any kind of news at all, there's a lot of excitement, a lot of places about, oh, what's going to happen? Well, I guarantee you, and you can write this down, none of what's happening will affect God's mission in redeeming his people. It will continue. There's great elections. There's elections going to happen here in our country. And the country where I grew up in Brazil, there's elections going on that have caused a lot of turmoil. None of it will change God's mission about redeeming his people, calling a people to himself. It will continue to happen. Mission is uh, it's kind of an interesting word for me because in the 27, 28 years I spent in the Air Force, uh, most military organizations have a mission. That's their, you go do this wing, you go do this squadron, you go do this regiment, you go do this whatever it was. And I've been in various organizations. I had different mission statements or missions given to them. You're, this is what you're going to do. And like I mentioned to Miller this morning, some of the missions I was sent on, I thought, an imbecile wrote this. Why are we here and what are we doing? We never think that about God's mission. You know why? It stayed the same. I was in organizations. Here's our mission. A new commander comes in. Guess what? Our mission changed. It was something else. And so we, we're always in turmoil about what's going to happen. We read through the word of God. We read the narrative. We read it about the gospel. Saving of people who are lost for himself. God has a mission, and we can even say that God is on a mission because God is ascending God. He's by nature, a sender. So he is the sender, and in the person of his Son, God the Son, he is the sent one. So God is the source of his own mission as the sender and as the one who is sent. And he sent his Son to, who embodies that mission. He is the one who came and he accomplished that. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. That work was indeed finished, and the redemption of God's people was a result of that. God's mission is then extended and applied to the ministry of the Spirit. He said, You will receive, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Again, they didn't do it on their own. And so the Spirit calls, the Spirit equips, and the Spirit empowers the people of God, equipping them for God's mission. So we have a triune effort in His mission. God's the source of it, God the Son is sent. To accomplish it. And God the Holy Spirit empowers and equips the church. So the mission is therefore God's. And he sends to accomplish his redemption of all creation. Jesus talks of himself as being sent oftentimes. Uh, John chapter 17. If you wanted to turn there. I I won't do it now. But over and over and over again in that chapter. Chapters 3 and 8 and 18 and 21 and 23. About being sent. And there we get that word sent again. And the sent people of God. The church is the instrument of God's mission, redeeming a people for himself. But we know and we're confident also that this mission didn't just start with Christ. It started before the foundations of the world because Scripture tells us that. God had this plan before creation. He was going to do this. Once we get into the narrative of Scripture in chapter 11, we, we, we're reminded of the Tower of Babel episode People gather together. Let's make ourselves great. God says, no, you're not. I'm going to scatter you. And he makes nations in order to pick a nation for himself. And he chooses and he picks Israel for himself. Remember when he chose Israel, how many people were there? It was Abraham. That was it. But he chose Israel for a purpose. It's for his mission of redeeming a people to himself. And Israel was supposed to be about the business of doing that. And their role was to be a nation of reminding people and telling people who God was. Psalms 57.9 Psalmist says, I will praise you, Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your faithful love is high as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Let your glory be over the whole earth. Isaiah chapter 2. All nations will stream to it, and many peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to see the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us about his ways So that we may walk in his paths for instruction will go out of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Well, one guy I was reading calls that the centripetal mission of God's redemptive story. Drawing people to Jerusalem, to Israel, to hear about who this God was and what he was doing to redeem a people for himself. Israel failed, we understand that, through their continual disobedience. But that didn't stop God's plan of redemption. And it's also important to know that that didn't mean that God failed, that there was a plan A and he had to come up with a plan B. There was always a plan of redemption through the cross. Years ago, I heard a sermon where the guy said that, that creation was plan A or the garden was plan A, failed. Israel was plan B, failed. And so the cross and the church was plan C. Uh, I don't know about your house, but in our house oftentimes their plans D, E, and F. Uh, Remember the cat and the cat with the hats that kept coming off? Sometimes plan Z and it just still doesn't work. But there was in God's redemptive redemptive story, there's no plan A, no plan B, no plan C. There's the cross of Jesus Christ uh, of God redeeming a people to himself. That's what God has been about since creation. And that's been the only plan. We remind ourselves again that it is his mission because he says you are my witnesses. You are going to draw people from every tongue, every tribe, and every nation. So God has a mission. And that mission is to redeem a people for himself. Missions, on the other hand, is a, it's our next word. It's still being sent. has the idea of sending. But it is the activity of God's people, or the church, to proclaim the gospel message of redemption and to demonstrate the kingdom of God in the world. Missions, the activity of God's people, the church to proclaim the gospel message of redemption and to demonstrate the kingdom of God in the world. And when we hear the word missions, we can think, oh, we can list many, many types of missions that we've heard of, that we've been involved in, that we've given to, that we've prayed for, and we've prayed about. And from at Trinity, Trinity Grace Church, uh, they have that mission board, if you recall, on the outside there in the foyer. And you go over to that mission board and you read those, about those missionaries, and you think, wow, look at what they're doing in those missions that God has called them to. In fact, uh, on the table tonight where the uh, house will be, there's a list. Or I guess you brought that list. Of all our missionaries that Trinity Grace supports, therefore we support. And you can take those home with you and remind yourself to be praying for them. But they are involved and engaged in missions. All those people there. Street ministry, uh, home Bible studies, preaching, teaching. some you know Whatever the work is. They're involved in those kinds of missions. And we've met them. If you were at Trinity Grace before this, we've prayed with them. We've prayed for them. At times, we've shared meals with them. Listen to them as they talk about what God is doing uh, to, at Trinity Grace today. Uh, Chris was able to speak during the Sunday school hour at length about the work there in Pucallpa, Peru. And it's amazing, just in that little area, the people who are waiting to hear of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we pray for Chris. And from Mary Jane. And we think of them as they go back there. Uh, And we never wanted to leave out. Their children that are going with them. And all that work that is their missions that God has entrusted them with as they go back to Peru. And we think of our missionaries. We think of the house. And we think, yeah, that's missions. That's over there. And that's where that stuff happens. But it really isn't all over there. And sometimes there is a tension. Well, do we take care of things here? Well, we take care of things over there. We were in a church in Virginia many years ago where we were talking about the raising money for foreign missions. And one of the older and older dairy farmers said, haven't we paid that off yet? And thinking that, okay, we did that. We gave, we gave, we gave. Let's do something else now. How about right here closer to home as if it's an either or. We'll go back to the text and we see Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. There's not a single or in there. It's not like salad bar. I'm going to pick Jerusalem and I'm going to pick Samaria. I'm going to pick ends of the earth, but not Judea. We do this because there is this ever outward flow of God sending his people. Missions is out there. Yes, it was started in Jerusalem, but it keeps going out and out and out and out. And a church that claims to have a heart for missions is a Jerusalem. This is our Jerusalem. This is where we are now. God has planted us here. For the sake of our metaphor, I told Trinity Grace that we were their Judea. But we're, we're our Jerusalem. But this is where we are. Christ told the disciples to do missions, but start in Jerusalem and then go out. There's people in Jerusalem that are going to hear the word of God. They're going to hear the gospel. And then some of you are going to move on out to Judea. And some of you are going to go to Samaria. And finally, all the, from extra-biblical texts, we know that the disciples went out further and further and further out. Perhaps Thomas maybe all the way to India, if, if memory serves me. That's a long way from Jerusalem. Moving further and further and further out. The opportunity for missions around us is probably endless. The opportunities for missions out there are endless as well. But it is a com- continuous outward flow. And as we are a Result, if you will, of that vision at Trinity Grace, we are, we are of that missions of being sent out. They've been engaged in missions in Rogers. We will be engaged in missions right here in Bentonville, as God calls us and opens to us, that this pastor and this congregation will do the things that Trinity Grace has done there in moving further and further out the outward flow of missions. Now, reminded Chris this morning, Chris uh, Miller. Four years ago, the group went to Fayetteville. And then this year, the group was sent here. And they understand. that They have the DNA that understands sending is multiplication. It is not subtraction. And that DNA runs through our pastor and through us. That sending is not a subtraction. In fact, we, we wouldn't have fit in that congregation today uh, at Trinity Grace. That's how much God has continued to bless them and what he will continue to do here. And so hearing those last three years under uh, Pastor Miller's uh, instruction and teaching, we see that. And we see that now here. We, too, have this vision of sending, being sent. First in Jerusalem, and this is our Jerusalem, and finally further and further out again because that's what we do. Moving outside the walls of Jerusalem. It's not comfortable to move out. During the last several months when Chris Miller was talking, prepping for this, he reminded us it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't comfortable for Pastor Taylor and his family to leave there. That was pretty comfortable. You know, you were settling. We were settling. We knew who we sat beside at church. Uh, You don't normally sit there. I need to sit beside the McWilliams. Could you please move? We liked what we were doing because we knew each other. We loved each other. And all of a sudden, okay, it's time to get up and go. It's not very comfortable to do that, but yet that's what we're called to do. Well, my parents were called to the mission field in the 50s. My dad was pastoring a growing little, ch- little church, but growing uh, their uh, church there in Fort Worth, Texas. And God put on their heart, I'm sending you to Brazil. Okay? His relatives, our relatives, but especially my, my, my parents, parents, my grandparents, could not understand this. Bill, you've got this church here in Fort Worth. You've built a new sanctuary. What's going on? You're running 180, 200 in Sunday school. That's what they did. They counted that way. Uh, why would you do that? Going to Brazil? Who goes to Brazil? Well, several people had gone to Brazil. Uh, they were uncomfortable with my parents leaving. In fact, one of my grandparents said, well, they at least leave the children behind. As if they would have done that. But, God, but my parents said, God is sending us there. We're leaving Jerusalem and we're going out. Because that's where God is sending us to do. Because that's the mission that he is having us to be about. Getting back to Jerusalem, the real Jerusalem. When you think about it, these 11 guys, they hear this. And we forgive them if they think there's 11 of us. Jerusalem, maybe. A couple of neighborhoods here and there. But Judea and then Samaria and the ends of the earth. I don't see that. And if they were on their, on their own, it would have died right then. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And that is what made all the difference. Leaving Jerusalem was not only possible, but it became imperative. So now instead of a centripetal mission, we have a centrifugal. The church going out further and further and further out. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. God's mission is to redeem a people for himself. And for the church to be engaged in missions of proclaiming that gospel message to the world forever that would leave them. Well, who makes up the church? christians it's us and we are missionaries and we know that because scripture tells us that john twenty twenty one, jesus said peace to you and as the father has sent me i'm sending you more familiar the great commission from matthew 28 all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit Teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I'm going to be with you always to the end of the age. And then from our text, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and to the ends of the earth. God calls his people, Christians, to be about the business of being sent, of going, of being a missionary, of living sent lives. And I'm glad John's here tonight because I was reading Charles Spurgeon over the last few weeks. Whenever I read Spurgeon, I read in a gruff voice because his pictures are gruff. And I never heard him speak live, and so I wanted to ask John what it was like to listen to Charles Spurgeon speak live. But uh, we'll ask him later. But I'm going to read a quote from him, and it sounds gruff and it sounds rough, but I believe it. Charles Spurgeon says Every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Spurgeon wasn't saying, you better, get, you better get out of Jerusalem and go somewhere else. Or you're an imposter. Because it's not the physical, it's not the location. You know, in real estate, it's three things. Location, location, location. In the gospel message, it's wherever you are, it's where God wants you to be a missionary. So Spurgeon wasn't saying, go somewhere else. He was saying that where you live, you had better be living as a missionary. We are sent by Jesus and are called to live in light of that sending. We're called to live sent lives. And to live on mission. And if we're living on mission. Then guess what? We are indeed missionaries. We do not want to detract. From the reality. reality that when we think of missionaries. We think of Chris and Mary Jane. We think of that list of missionaries. We've been praying for at Trinity Grace Church. And we, we, we look at their names. And what they're doing. And we are thrilled at that. And we're grateful that we have a small part in that Particular missions to particular people, often crossing cultural and linguistic barriers, making disciples of all nations. And we think of that, and that's okay. My parents were called as missionaries to Brazil for a particular thing. Chris and Mary Jane are called to Peru for a particular type of mission. But they're not the only missionaries. So we, when we see, think of them as uh, missionaries, we know that we are also missionaries. To it back to Spurgeon if we're called to, to live a sent life we understand most of us will live in our own Jerusalem. Most of us will live most of our lives in an area where we work where we were raised maybe some of us. Some of us actually may travel a little bit around but not all of us will go to Pucalpa not all of us will go to Rio de Janeiro not all of us will go to the parts of Kenya but we, but we are going to live our lives right here The other word that we hear in Scripture about being sent is an ambassador. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.20 Therefore, we're ambassadors for Christ. Certain that God is appealing through us. I love these verses. We plead on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. The word plead is a wonderful word because it has such a weight to it. We can ask someone something, but pleading is a much heavier, heavier word. And we usually plead with people up close where we are where we live we don't plead with people very often via a long distance and because of that the people we're pleading with right here we are sent to them we're missionaries to the people on our street and not not to step on any toes at all but how many people on your street know one that you're a believer two where you go to church three what's what's important to you do the people on your street know that you're a missionary to them. And like Spurgeon said, whether we like it or not, we are going to be that to them. Folks at work, sometimes it's hard at work because we can kind of put up a facade maybe at work. I'm going to work this way and not let them see the real me. But people at work need to know that you're a missionary too. Not that you get in their face and say, hey, I'm a missionary so you better listen to me. But what are you doing to tell them about the gospel? told the folks this morning about something happened to me years ago when I was stationed at the Pentagon, just as a point of saying that we never know what day the sending is going to be important. I worked with a young man who was arrogant and single, had a lot of money and lived for himself. And I didn't really care for him a lot, but I had to share an office with him. And then was Bill and I'd had a kind of a rough week. And so I got to work that Monday. And I just wanted to be left alone. I don't know if this happened to you. Just don't touch me. Don't talk to me. Don't touch my coffee cup. Leave me alone. I'm working. Bill comes in and sits down. I'm in, I'm in the Air Force. He's a civilian. He says, hey, John, uh, what are you going to do the next, you know, in the in that next few months? I said, Bill, yeah, I'm kind of busy. Well, here's what I'm going to do. And he began to tell me what he was going to do. And then after that, John, I'm going to do this and this and this. And in a few years, I want to do it. He went on and on and on. And when I retire, John, I'm going to do this. And then, John, when I die, what then? I thought, oh, I did not want this today. I wasn't feeling sent, but I had been sent. So I put my stuff away, turned to Bill, and talked about the gospel. I don't know what he, ultimately God did with his heart. But I don't know what God wanted me to do that day, which was to live sent with Bill, even when I didn't want to. Well, that's what we are. We are sent people meeting them right where they are. Classmates in school. We wouldn't have a whole lot of high school kids here that we had this morning. People that sit beside you in class. Who knows? But you, what you're sent to be the gospel proclaimer to them. Perhaps you have a family member, and this can be very, very. Very tough to do sometimes—a brother or a sister, a parent, son or daughter. You're sent to them. Those sometimes are the hardest to plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Up close, missionaries up close. This past summer, some of you uh, were with us. We, uh, Chris Taylor, had us lead the uh, set up the booth. There at the farmer's market. Well, he set it up. We, we, the rest of us showed up. But we had this great booth at the farmer's market. People would come and come around and uh, uh, meet with us and talk to us. And we would we looked them in the eye. We hand, uh, clapped their hands and said, glad to meet you. This is who we are. This is what we do. Some of them let us hug them. And we hugged them on really hot, sweaty days. We handed out cool water. You could see the gratitude in their eyes. And some of them were able to explain the gospel of Jesus Christ to them give them literature not just about the gospel but about this church about who we are what we're about young woman who was beside us that one day she said she was raised in church and when we talked to her we said no you're not raised in church you were raised some something else but here's the gospel of jesus christ let us talk to you about that we don't know what happened to her heart i don't know if you do but a privilege of being there sent to talk to those people and guess what that was our jerusalem and I told the Trinity grace, but that was their Judea. They had said, go to Judea and set up shop at the farmer's market. But for us, it's our Jerusalem. Building relationships for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We were being witnesses. We were being missionaries in our own Jerusalem area. When I, uh, grew, when I grew up in the city of, uh, city of Rio de Janeiro, at the time it was the capital city of Brazil. As the capital had all the foreign embassies. All the countries built their embassies there and sent their ambassadors there to interact with the country of Brazil for all sorts of things that ambassadors do. A lot of the ambassadors' kids went to school with me. And so I was in class with kids from all all over the world whose parents were ambassadors. Uh, They would drive up to our school with really cool, big black cars with flags. And they they all had burly drivers. And we are missionaries. Uh, Our missionary car was a Volkswagen Combi and my dad. And so, not the same. But still, these ambassadors were there because uh, their country said, we're sending you away to build relationships. Well, guess what? We've been sent to a foreign country because we don't have a country. Once we're in Christ, we don't have a country anymore. It's not... our roots don't go down anymore once we're in Christ we're looking for a different city scripture says it's not made by hands we're to live as strangers in a strange land remember I said earlier about the news I find myself the older I get less and less interested in what's going on Uh, but by all means don't take this oh he's going to become a hermit Uh, it's just maybe part of his age too but we're we're not from here but we live here. We live in Jerusalem, but we don't, we're not from Jerusalem anymore. We're to live as if we were missionaries living sent lives who just happens to be in Bentonville or our Jerusalem. Chris and Mary Jane will live in Pucopo and that will be their Jerusalem. Yes, they're out there to us, but where they are, that will be their Jerusalem looking outward. He said that, that Pukapa is kind of a center around a lot of jungle communities. That's their Judea. It's a harder Judea than ours, Pastor. A little bit harder. But that's the reality. Where God has planted you is your Jerusalem. And out there is Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Missionaries living sent lives. We are sent. We are sent for the purpose of being missionaries. Who are about the business of proclaiming the good news of redemption. Because the world is lost. And the world is dying. And for whatever reason, God has privileged us. Uh, in Sunday school this morning, Chris Howe uh, said, by the way, God doesn't need us. But he gives us this privilege of being part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right here in our own Jerusalem. And if that's true, and I, it's not if, it's since. Since that's true, that should shape us. That should cause us to live sent lives. A friend of mine is, uh, was a missionary to the Pokot people in Kenya. He was sent there. Chris and Mary Jane were sent as missionaries to Peru. Some of the people from Trinity Grace and some of you maybe have gone to Haiti or Lebanon or Iraq on short-term missions with our missionaries that we support. where you were missionary and you were sent. Most of us might live our lives in our own Jerusalem in Rogers or Bentonville or name the town. And that's okay because that's where God has sent you. But we are still missionaries in those places. Scripture says we're to live as those who were sent. If we're ambassadors and we're witnesses, we are indeed sent. And At the end of the day, we've got to ask ourselves, if Jesus says, as the Father sent me, so send I you, what's our response? At the beginning, when I said I'm not a missionary, that was wrong. I am a missionary. I just happen to be here, not there. Here I am, Lord, send me. Let me be part of your mission in redeeming a people to yourself, living a sent life for the sake of the gospel. Let's pray.